hey, 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 a couple of quick thoughts. And I still want to talk about Scott Hall. I haven't even talked about Tom Brady coming back to Tampa Bay. I don't have anything to say, really. I mean, oh, my God, what a shocking surprise twist. Tom Brady is coming back to play football next year. What? A guy who's still in great physical condition and still came close to winning the whole thing uh, this year. He's coming back for, I mean, yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. Of course he is. Will this be the end of it, though? Uh, yeah, maybe. I Probably. Maybe. I think this will be it. I think he'll have some announcement. I, I really, I, I, I said it for a while. I think he's got, um, I said when he went to Tampa Bay on this podcast, I said I think he's got at least two years in Tampa Bay. And now he has had that. And I said, I said he's got at least two years. Definitely one. I say almost definitely a second year, and I think he'll there'll probably be a third year squeezed in there too. And then and, and we've got the two years, and now he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have that third. Um, I think this will probably be that year where you know, look, it doesn't matter. You can you can be in the best shape, and he is. You can take care of yourself, and he does. You can do all of the things that Tom Brady does, and have all the money and resources, which he does. Uh, and all the discipline which he does, he has all of the tools necessary to have uh, as as <laughs> as lengthy a career as one could possibly have. And uh, and still, with all that, you know what? It, we're still human beings. Our bodies get to a point where they're not going to get better, and you can keep them. You can make them better, but I mean, generally, in a biological sense, right? So I I think this upcoming season will be it. I think he will play uh, his last game somewhere in early uh, 2023. That would be my that would be my guess. I don't think he will have another season after next season, but I you know he's going to come back and I think this will be like the I don't know that he's going to make sort of like that specific announcement, but I think somewhere through the grapevine It'll be pretty well uh, established that this is this is going to be the last uh, the last ride for TB. I'm sure. I would I would think because like look, he, the guy in addition to being a competitor and all that bullshit. Yes, he's also that. He's also the guy likes to make money. If you go in that TB12 store, and I'm sure he's making a ton of money off of it. It ain't cheap. It's like seventy five bucks for a sweatshirt. Or hundred and something for seventy five bucks for a hat, hundred and fifty for a sweatshirt, or some something you know insane like that. Um, and I'm I'm sure, I'm sure those those are moving. He's I'm sure he's moving units. Um, but also I'm sure somebody also either got into his ear or he sort of sat there maybe one night in bed lying thinking about it, saying, "Man, you know, I could like." He's got that. He's got the Tom versus Time thing that was on Facebook a few years ago. He's got the Man in the Arena ESPN thing. I feel like he could stand to make some bucks by having, you know, not just, uh, you know, having this like whatever you want to call it. The fun, you know, he saw that like people were paying half a million dollar for what they half a million dollars for what they thought would be his final game ball, uh, his final touchdown, and oops. <laughs> Oh man! They should try eBay. 
You might get something for it. <laughs> you're still going to get something for it. You know, I don't know if you're going to get half a million. But anyway, um, so he probably put that all together and said, well, shit. If I announce this my final season and we can come up with some, uh, you know, TB12, uh, one more ride, one last ride, whatever you want, you know, something that he'll brand because he brands the shit out of everything. He is a brand, obviously, and he all that good stuff. And I could, uh, yeah, I think he probably saw the dollar signs, the major, major dollar signs that would be associated with coming back and playing one more year of football. And hey, it's all gravy at this point, right? Like, yeah, you go to the Super Bowl and win another one. That's uh, unheard of. It's unbelievable. But even if you don't, even if you don't even make the playoffs, like just the anticipation of all those games and saying, you know, this is going to be my last game in New Orleans. This will be my last game in, I'll play one more game in Carolina. I'll play one more game in Atlanta. And then whatever, you know, and that's just the NFC South. Plus all the all the game the final games he'll play in Tampa Bay, and I'm sure there will be some playoff games. Um, and who knows? Maybe they play against. I, I don't know if the Rams are on the schedule, but if they get to the playoffs, maybe they meet again, and that's a huge. That's huge. It's, it's huge. Uh, and just the money that you could you know every every stadium has you know during a during a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. The merchandise of like you know some, one more time TB twelve something like that one one last ride I, whatever I don't give a shit what it says um, Tom Brady farewell season you know memorable you know, limited edition like I, I mean are you kidding me those things are gonna fly off the shelves at all of those stadiums and all the online stores and all the merch shops like he he stands to make i i can't even imagine i'm sure somebody just did a quick calculation <laughs> i'm sure some <laughs> excuse me some accountant or a team of of accountants on his uh, in his whole uh, his his army there and business managers and things to put a little thing in front of him and said this is actually like here's what we could stand to make if we do this that and the other thing and you come back for one more season you're able-bodied enough to do it. You know you love football. You spent the last uh, two months home with your family, and now you're saying, okay. <laughs> and and look, realistically, you do have – you've <clears throat> there's, a, there's a line of thinking. I mean, yeah, your family is – your kids are only going to be young once. Um, but this is a guy who's probably carved – he's able to carve out enough family time, I would think. Um but on the other hand, it's like, you know, for me, when 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 we moved to Florida and my wife uh, left her job and was home with the kids. Well, at the time, it was one kid, and then uh, and then a year after we moved to Florida, had had my youngest, and um, yeah, Kimmy was home. Uh, it's basically, let's see, eight years um, where Kim was not working. And that's how we wanted it to be because those are like, you know, the, the baby years, the newborn years, the toddler years, the pre-kindergarten years where you can like you don't get that opportunity ever again. Once your kids are off in school and, yeah, you still get to spend a ton of time with them, but that whole like you're waking up and you're spending the whole day with them and stuff, that's gone. That's a quick like boom, snap your finger, blink your eyes. It's over. And then they're in kindergarten. It's like, okay, well, at least I get them for half the day. And we had we had a morning kindergartner and an afternoon kindergartner. So it was like, you know, um, 
we spend our, you know, Kimmy and, and would still spend the, the morning together and then the afternoon was school or the morning was school and then get you in the afternoon or whatever. Um, but it's a little bit different because our, the, the, the way of thinking was like, okay, you can go back to work anytime and you can make money anytime. These kids are only young once and then they're not and then it's over and you will never get that back. And so now Kimmy for the rest of her life – you know, and she, and then went back to work. Uh, what three, three, four years ago, um, just to you know, just to have something to do because the kids were at school all day and make some, you know, a little extra money. Get now we have our benefits through her, which is great because uh, I can keep doing contract work and not have to worry about either not having benefits or having to pay insane amounts of money to have to have health care. Um, and now, now we get them through my wife's work, so it's working out great. And the kids are, you know, fifth and sixth grade. It's still on the same schedule as the kids. Still get to have, you know, the evenings and nights and weekends and everything together. There's no, like, crazy retail schedule. So it works out perfectly. Um, and I say this because kind of on the other hand, you know, most of us are in a line of work where you could go back at any time. So Kimmy took eight years away from, quote-unquote, work, uh, <laughs> and to do like real work, which is raising children, but that's time that you can't put a price on and you would never get it back. And she had it. She had eight years of being, you know, by the kid's side every, every waking hour. Um, and, and now she's back and it, and it, it all worked out. But on the other hand on, on that, it's, we're not, most of us are not NFL football players and Tom Brady, if he stepped, if he retired, I think there's also that thing inside of him where he's like, you know, my kids are at a certain age and they've got their own things going on. And if I'm retired, I'm just done and I'm home and this and that. And yeah, I could find other interests, you you know, whatever, broadcast booth, analysts, uh, any number of things. Do the kind of Peyton Manning thing where you sort of float and do like different little fun projects that interest you and a bunch of commercials and just, you know, still making a ton of money. But that playing football window, it's kind of similar to once you once your kids are a certain age, that's it. You know, there's no going back to those those times that you can have together. And once you get to a certain point, there's no just like unretired. I mean, yeah, people have unretired. Deion Sanders and others have unretired, and there were always, you know, Brett Favre unretired and unretired. I mean, he, you know, <clears throat> and then his body just said, "No, you're done." Um, but Tom Brady's body hasn't said that. And so there's got to be a thought like, ah, shit, you know, even if I do have one more season left in me, uh, what would I think for the rest of my life if I didn't play that one season of football? I'll never get that. So he'll never get that time. You know, the window is closing on his ability to go out and play football at the level that he's playing at. And so, hey, now he can do it. He can come back for what I, I think will probably be, end up being one final year, one last run, one last season. Um, I think... I don't think he wants to just be one of those people that just keeps going. And even when he's starting to break down, he's just, you know, he's still, you know, out there and maybe he's like, you know, jumping on another team or something. I don't think he wants to do that. So he has the opportunity to just go out on a high note. Even if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, uh, he gets to play one more season. He gets to have that sort of, you know, Kobe, Derek Jeter kind of, hey, guys, it's my final season. You know, get his flowers, so to speak, or literally, I don't know. I think there were times that, you know, Kobe or Jeter, where the people brought flowers to them and they had, 
Yeah, Derek Jeter, you know, the last, this is the last time they'll be in this stadium. This is the last time Derek Jeter will be at Fenway. It's the last time, you know, all that stuff. Last time Kobe will play in the garden, all that. Um, so, you know, I think they'll do the same thing with TB. And, uh, and he'll make a ton of money. He'll get a ton of attention, uh, which he's a, he's a pretty big fan of that. <laughs> you know, he was able to like, hey, March Madness is coming up and the tournaments and the and the brackets and everything. And then like, hey, the oh, wait, never mind. Tom Brady's unretiring. Let's talk about that. Um, you know, no matter what stories are happening, <laughs> Tom Brady seems to come in and make uh, make himself the story. Uh, and this is, you know, it's another chance to be able to do that. Will he will Gronk come back? I don't I don't know. Um, probably. If I, I think if and maybe that's what he spent the last two months like talking to, to some of these other guys and saying, look, this is going to be it. And I'm not going to do the, you know, I'm not going to waver. It's just going to be one more and then that's it. Will you come back? Let's do this one last time. See what happens. So I, I could I could imagine I could definitely buy, uh, you know, the whole gang coming back again. Fuck. I <laughs> like maybe Edelman shows up. Uh, maybe not maybe not quite that but uh anyway he's coming back that's not a huge surprise and i just said i had nothing to say and then it's 13 minutes later i did want to talk about scott hall i have a very limited amount of time i've got like five minutes at this point it's just a long long day um scott hall of course passed away monday i think i mentioned that it was you know coming home from the gary newman concert was very Set, you know, I it was like it was like all right, and I didn't have my phone reception, so I didn't know what was happening, and uh, enjoyed the concert, and then got in my car, and and I obviously knew, you know, okay, and so I listened to Busted Open Radio from that day, uh, which was you know they were doing that show while Scott Hall was being taken off life support and still alive, so it wasn't really a memorial, um, but but then I'm listening to Tuesday's show uh, today where it is, you know, rest in peace. It's really a eulogy and, you know, memorial and all that stuff. Memories of Scott Hall. Great stories from fans too. It's really, really, really cool. Uh, and of course I've been just watching tons of WWE network, tons of YouTube. You know, I, I watch a lot of Razor Ramon stuff anyways, cause he was always one of my favorites, but, uh, it's yeah it's interesting it's interesting to watch and it's you know i was watching his hall of fame speech from 2014 and it's and then i'm gonna watch it wasn't much of a hall of fame speech last year when the nwo went in it was it was weird because it was in that stupid thunderdome so it wasn't in front of people which is kind of a bummer um but it was it was cool that he got to go in with the nwo a second time and you know back in Back in 1996, Razor Ramon and Diesel, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash left for WCW, and it broke my heart. And a lot of people were heartbroken. Like, that was truly, I think back of, like, the spring. I think of spring of, like, 1992, 1993, 1994, And when I think back to like spring and summer of 1996, I get so bummed out because I just the the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, yeah, well, great, because that was uh, right around my birthday was when (laughs) Hall and Nash first showed up on Monday Nitro and pretty much made it official like, okay, wow, they really are. They really have left the WWF. They're really in WCW now. 
Um, and and it was a very long six years to wait for them to finally come back to WWE. And they did. And it didn't, uh, you know, Stone Cold and Scott Hall had the big match at WrestleMania. So it was one one last big WrestleMania match for Hall, which was cool. Um, even Nash didn't have another WrestleMania match. He had plenty of WrestleMania appearances. I don't know about plenty, but yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, he had a fair amount. Um, you know, Hall of Fame or like when the NWO ran in and mixed it up with DX during the Sting and Triple H match a few years ago and some other things here. But yeah, Hall got to have that one last WrestleMania match with Stone Cold and, and a couple other matches. Um, it was cool back in 2002 getting to see, boy, thinking about it now, going to Albany and seeing Scott Hall wrestle seeing Kurt Henning, uh, Mr. Perfect, seeing Big Boss Man, all these, you know, all these guys who are who are no longer with us. And uh yeah, it's just like holy crap. And it was so exciting to see these guys like, "Oh man, that's Mr. Perfect. I get to see Mr. Perfect wrestle again. I never thought I'd see that. I get to see Razor wrestle again. I never thought I'd see that." And uh and then it was geez, boy, about a, a month after after we saw them live, uh, then that was it. They were those guys, Kurt Henning and Scott Hall were gone. Bossman left out shortly after that, and Hogan and Austin, like a bunch of guys, just departed. But anyways, uh, that six year wait to finally see Scott Hall return to the WWE was tough, and then seeing him come back was great. And then as soon as he's back, I mean, what is it, three months later? He's gone three months. That's how long he was back for. Not even three months. <laughs> he came back in February. He was gone in May. That was it. Um, had a few, you know, had the WrestleMania match. What was really a long time, and then thinking about it, was like, then it was, then it was 12 years until the next time Scott Hall would show up on, uh, on WWE television when he was inducted into the 2014 Hall of Fame in New Orleans, WrestleMania 30. And I never thought that would happen. And that's one of the bittersweet things about the Hall of Fame is like you look back and there's some great legendary speeches. But there's also like there's so many guys who were never able to give their speeches because they were inducted posthumously. Vader is going into the Hall of Fame this year. He should have been inducted years ago. And he even like he even pleaded. This is the thing that's crazy is Vader, when he was alive, pleaded with WWE, said, look. I maybe have a year, year and a half to live. If you're going to induct me into the Hall of Fame, if you're not, you're not. But if you are, could you, could you please do it now? Because I, I don't know how much time I have left. It's not much, and I want, I would love to be there. And of course, the WWE being WWE didn't, didn't induct him into the Hall of Fame, and now they're going to, and we're not going to get to hear his speech because he's dead. Macho Man Randy Savage could have been inducted. You know, they brought the Hall of Fame back in 2004. 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. That's eight. They had eight years worth of opportunities to have the Macho Man come to the Hall of Fame and give a speech. And they wouldn't because Randy Savage would only go into the Hall of Fame if his brother, Lanny Poffo, the genius, Leapin' Lanny, and his father were inducted as well. If I'm Vince McMahon, I say, yeah, it's a fucking, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll induct all of them. Like, I don't care, Randy. We just want to hear you give your Hall of Fame speech. 2010 would have been perfect. 2010, the, he 2010, the headliner for the Hall of Fame was Ted DiBiase. Not to say he's not worthy of being a headliner, but, man, he would have been a great, 
a great sort of double headliner, have Ted DiBiase give his speech and then have Macho Man come out and give his speech. God, how good would that have been? And to hear Pomp and Circumstance play one more time, to have him come out on, you know, at WrestleMania and, you know, grab the mic real quick and, oh, yeah, dig it. Uh, and we never got that. And then, of course, a few years ago, they inducted Randy Savage into the Hall of Fame. And it was nice because Lanny Poffo was there and got to induct him and, and you know, basically accept on his behalf. But, like, we'll never get to hear Randy Savage give his Hall of Fame speech. We'll never get to hear Kurt Henning give his Hall of Fame speech. Vader, Paul Bearer, uh, Big Boss Man. I mean, there's, there's British Bulldog. There's a bunch. And, uh, and then there's other bittersweet ones like Sensational Sherry who got to give her speech and it was great. It was such an entertaining, fun, funny speech. It was wonderful. And then she died like, I don't know, two months later. Um, Ultimate Warrior, finally back after what was 20, 18 years. Yeah, 18 years away. Uh, which of course is, you know, as a wrestling fan, you talk about heartbreak, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I only, I waited for years for the ultimate warrior to finally come back to the WWF. It was four years, but it seemed like, uh, it seemed like an eternity. Um, not even, it was like three and a half years and he came back. He had the quick match against triple H at WrestleMania. He had a terrible match with Goldust and in your house, he had a couple matches on raw. He had a match against Jerry Lawler at King of the ring. And he had a, his final match was against Owen Hart, and and then he he got fired, uh, and then didn't come back until the Hall of Fame in 2014. And I was so excited because I'm like, yes, the Ultimate Warrior. I've been waiting almost two decades to finally see the Ultimate Warrior come back. The Ultimate Warrior is a person, eh, not so great, maybe not so great. Uh, Ultimate Warrior as the entertainer, I fucking love the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and we got to see him come back and give his Hall of Fame speech. And we got to see him at WrestleMania. And we got to see him on Monday Night Raw. And then uh, a day or two later, waking up to the news that Ultimate Warrior has died. And it's like, God damn. Like, even when good stuff happens, um, it's it's still, like, just so much sadness being a wrestling fan. So much. I don't think that's going to be the, the case, you know, for kids who are, like, 11, 12 watching today who are going to grow up. Uh, enjoying wrestling during their teens and 20s and maybe forever. I don't think they'll grow up uh, knowing the heart, the heartache and heartbreak of having your favorite wrestler die uh, when they're in their 30s or 40s. But uh, it's it was heartbreaking being a fan of the 80s, 90s. Uh, all these wrestlers, <laughs> they're, then they're gone. And I'm listed, you know, Warrior, Savage. Razor, Yokozuna, Andre the Giant, Mr. Perfect, Dusty Rhodes, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Legion of Doom, Big Boss Man, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, Brian Pillman. Uh, this is just too many, too many to list. Bobby Heen and Girl Monsoon are gone. You know, it's just like everybody from that era is just gone. And uh, Scott Hall was one of those guys that I thought he was going to be gone in the late 90s. I really did. I Like 1998, I remember just thinking like, man, Razor Ramon, man, Scott Hall, I, it's he seems like he's uh he seems like he just doesn't want to be here anymore cuz this the self-destructive stuff that you would read about and even kind of see on TV was like holy shit, man, this is not not looking good. 
And I just remember thinking like, fuck, man, I, I hope this, I hope he doesn't, I hope he's around. And then, and then he's, he's still around and, you know, he comes back to WWF a few years later. Um, and he's maybe in, I don't know if he's in good shape. And then it's like, yeah, he still has issues. He still has major things that he needs to work out. And, um, you know, and then he went to TNA. He was in their first pay-per-view. He was, uh, you know, he was in TNA for a while and he was here in Japan and other things. And, and then in 2011, there was those videos of him showing up on independent shows and he could barely walk. He could barely move. He was just completely out of it. You know, pictures of him just being pushed around in a wheelchair, just looking, just, just looking, just rough, man. And he's only at that point, he's what, early 50s. And, uh, and you're thinking, okay, well, he made it. He made it this far with the kind of destructive things that he was doing and, uh, not being able to slay his demons, so to speak, as the, as they like to use the euphemism. But, uh, I thought in 2011, like, yeah, okay, this is really looking bad. But then his good buddy, Diamond Dallas Page, Scott Hall and Jake the Snake, went and lived with DDP in Atlanta, moved into his house. He he helped get them clean. He helped get them in shape. It's just a, it's such a crazy story. And then in 2014, WrestleMania 30, not just the Ultimate Warrior and Lita and Mr. T and all these, all these guys, Carlos Colon, I think, was in that one. Uh but Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, and Jake the Snake Roberts both there to give their Hall of Fame induction speech. And I I was surprised I, I kind of thought, you know, Jake, Jake, Warrior, and Scott Hall, you know, as as every year passed, I kept I would wonder, like, those are three guys that I'm like, yeah, we're we're probably not gonna get to hear those guys give their speeches. And we and we did. We got to hear them all. And that's that's the great story to me is that all of that shit, man, he was able to come back, go to the Hall of Fame, give the speech. It was a quick speech, but it was a great speech. It was impactful. And, uh, and for that to happen was awesome. And then for him to be able to show up at you know, multiple WrestleManias after that, multiple Monday Night Raws, and, you know, old school night and NWO stuff, and then to be part of the Hall of Fame with the NWO last year, that's, that's a good deal. It's tragic that he's gone and after doing so much to get better. Uh, but the fact that we got to have him a hell of a lot longer in this world than I think any of us thought he would be here is pretty fucking awesome. Rest in peace, bad guy. Later.